what state was it where they did a snafu and they said that you could drop your kids off like no questions asked if you didn't want them because they because they thought it would be better for kids to be in a loving home but like a couple people brought their teenagers in <laughs> i think that's a real thing though right no like, it's you a can't real just drop I, a baby off at, like even like any state right can't you just drop a baby off at a hospital uh, I, I mean, I think this was, I want to say it was like Montana. Oh, or no, White. no, no. Okay. I, I looked it up. It's Nebraska. Nebraska. And like people would like this dude brought his 17 year old kid like, well, nice knowing you. No questions asked. <laughs> where? Okay. So where do you think if you ha- like you have designated like days where you can drop off your prescription drugs, um, like chemical drop off days, which day of the year should be the day where you can drop off your kid for free and where should it be <laughs> uh it's a good question well um over 18 you can drop them off at any military base <laughs> <laughs> uh under 18 i'm thinking like probably dave and busters <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay you drop so every dave and busters parking lot is the drop location and does it happen on black friday <laughs> well there's we have all those days right we have thanksgiving and then black friday and then there's small business saturday and then there's giving tuesday so like and then digital monday cyber 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 monday Monday. so uh we should do sunday sunday could be uh you know so like the sunday before back sunday yeah send them back sunday so the sunday just before cyber monday is uh send them back sunday Send them back. Sunday. No, how about this? So, so it's only the male children. So it's, it's send uh, return your son day, and it's on mm. Sunday. Ooh, I like mm. that. I thought you were saying you can only drop it off at the mail, and then I was thought since it's Sundays, it only goes to Amazon. <laughs> you have to stuff your your son into a blue mailbox. It, you get you just get a bag with a with a pre stamped pre addressed uh, envelope on it, and mm-hmm. then you just put it out for the UPS guy to amazon and that helps their labor issues too yep <laughs> Ooh, actually that might be a good one too is just drop them off at the amazon fulfillment center or whatever they call it yeah if the fulfillment center yeah <laughs> here you go bezos you legally have my kid now Listeners, welcome to another episode of a free podcast. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, as always, my good friends, Joe and Duff. My parents never quit on me. Songis bibimus. Corpus idimus. I always thought... We'll be doing this whole episode in Latin today. I thought thought that song was zombies, (laughs) alien zombies. Man. I was like, are they just saying names of creatures? We, we should have uh, one season where Rob just does his best to translate operas. 
Are you right. familiar with the concept of other languages? <laughs> he's no, we, he's not. He's barely got English. Yeah, come on now. All right, well, we're here to talk about uh, the Omen, guys. The Omen, the 1976 version. We should be clear on that. Not the Leo Schreiber version. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. ever gone wrong with people making or talking about the Omen. So this is going to be a smooth recording, and everything's mm-hmm. going to be fine. No problems. We will have no problems. And this is our fifth episode in our season of Fail Sun. So we're talking about, I mean, in some ways, you know, you can't be more disappointed <laughs> with so, your son here. So two things. First of all, this really should have been our sixth episode. Oh, uh, yeah. there we go. Uh, and also, uh, this this is the only episode this season with a Fail Sun with two different dads. <laughs> my two dads <laughs> <laughs> where you could argue the dad was a fail son as well mm. he, well got kicked yeah. out of the house well so so for people who haven't who haven't seen this movie i feel like i i don't i don't know if i had watched this beforehand i've uh, never i'd never seen it before and and Not a second of it i don't feel bad spoiling a little bit because the first like four minutes of this movie has a lot happening that kind of sets everything up. So let me know if I'm wrong on any of this stuff. We find out that Gregory Peck's wife had a stillborn, and he's now adopting another child. Like, people are not even in their seats no. yet at the no. theater, <laughs> and there is a stillborn. Yes. You're, you're slowly shaking the popcorn into your neighbor's hand. <laughs> you're so, re- if you're watching it these days, you're reclining your seat, and it's yeah. like, oh, the baby's dead. Mm-hmm. And so you find out that, and then he he just adopts another child, like kind of black well, markety, yeah. like just <laughs> illegally. They just like they're just kids. Just no one's this kid doesn't have any family. You sort of a, a Philomena situation here, <laughs> where a priest just gives away a kid to an American. We just had an extra baby laying around. Yeah. Um. So that happens. He doesn't tell her, and then we sort of like we're still pretty early in the movie. And, uh, you know, we see kind of like the home life and everything seems okay. And then about 10 minutes later, we have the famous nanny scene. <laughs> um, this this movie rules. I'm just going to come out and say it. <laughs> I'm a fan of this movie. Is, and so uh, before we talk about this nanny scene, I'm wondering, guys, could you, is this, is it okay with you if I just, if I just sing a little? Can I sing a little? <laughs> or what if we say no? Well, then my bit dies. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, Rob, sing us a song. You're supposed to yes end. Yes. Okay. I'm glad I'm not editing this episode. I'm sorry for this, Joe. Hard to say what it is I see in you. Wonder if I'll always be with you. But words can say, and I can't do enough to prove it's all for you. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, it's all for you. <laughs> On the next The Nanny. <laughs> I want someone to take that Sister Hazel song and make a video over that nanny sequence. Uh, this was and- uh, one, of the, one of the lost episodes of The Nanny. Fran <laughs> <Grand> Drescher <laughs> hangs herself outside of their queen's apartment. So, yeah. Will, anytime that uh, the mail comes and I don't get anything but my wife does, I will say, it's all for you. <laughs> What's that Sister Hazel song about this? Would uh, you I like Sister it, Hazel if it was? Uh, I would like them a lot more. I would it, respect it a lot more if yeah. that's if they were just hanging around watching The Omen. 
<laughs> but considering this song is off an album called Somewhere More Familiar, and it has one of the lamest Elm covers of all time, I don't think they were watching The Omen. I'm just going to say bet. that out there. Uh, so, yeah, we have, you know, <laughs> everything's fine. They got a kid. Things seem okay. And then, uh, you know, Jack Palance's daughter hangs herself. That's a fun fact for you guys. Ooh, That's Jack I did not, not realize that Jack Palance's daughter. Yeah. At a very uh, lavish birthday party. Yeah, it looked like Billy Madison's birthday yes! party. That, that, that is a grade A fail son birthday party. It's It was Billy Madison. There's even a clown there. Yes. <laughs> I would say it was like a combination of Billy Madison's birthday and the kid from Barry Lyndon's birthday. <laughs> where they have like little sheep wagons pulling them around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say uh, one thing I do kind of relate to in this movie, guys, is old dads. <laughs> I was gonna talk about that as well. <laughs> how old? How old is Gregory Peck when he made this this movie? Uh, I did the math, and Gregory Peck was sixty in nineteen seventy six. Okay, and I'm assuming that the movie, like, I'm assuming he had Damien. Well, not had, but uh, purchased Damien or whatever when he was fifty five. <laughs> okay. So, Okay. Even older, not as old as Rob's dad, but uh, older than my dad. When yeah, he my dad me. was 58 when I was born. And the actress uh, portraying his wife was about 19 years younger than, than Gregory yeah. Peck. <laughs> we the, have, uh, the great Lee Remick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, old dads, look at that a little bit. Uh, you know, Duff, how, how old was your dad when you were born? Uh, let's see. I think he was born in 1937 or 38. He would have been like early 40s like okay. easily over 40 i think he was 42 43 oh that's nothing <laughs> it's very common that's um so yeah that's how this movie starts then we jump into a lot happening a lot a lot going on um i will say uh for person you know you i know you too you two love dogs um <laughs> Yeah, that, that dog is not like this is not this is not a good boy <laughs> it's a very bad boy I'm, I'm not this okay can you explain the mythology of the omen maybe this is explained more in the sequels but are is the devil sending these creatures and people to damien to help him or does damien with his little like grins and looks possess them <laughs> Because uh, he well, just I, smiles at the dog, and then the dog turns into like one of those things from Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, I think that the people are servants of Satan, and that they, well, it's all put into play by this comet, right? That there's a, a oh, yeah. com- there's a comet that goes over Europe in six six six. That's when the kid was born. Yeah. And that's and that's to a jackal. <laughs> to a jackal. So is the jackal the mom? Yes. So, because early, the priest earlier, when he goes to see uh, Thorn in his office, he's about to blurt out, "It's he's from a jack," and then people uh, rush in. So, was there a, was there a woman? Like, okay, so this is I'm going to agree with you, Duff. I think this movie owns, but uh, to your point, Joe, the more you think about this movie, the dumber it gets. Oh, it's <laughs> so, a it's, it's a wacky it's movie. Stupid. It's, very it's stupid. <laughs> Well, the dumber so like, it gets, the better it is, though. So like, like, yeah. The first jackal? half hour is pretty boring because it's not stupid enough. See, I, I think it's a very economical movie because as we've already discussed, there's a lot happens that in, in like a minute and a half. Yeah. Like if you're yeah. not paying attention, well, foo on you because you were not settled in and ready 
to get all these facts about uh, stillborns and the Catholic Church giving Robert Thorne a baby. So it, it, it is good that they. <laughs> There should be more movies about the Catholic Church screwing things up, because the more we learn about it, they 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 screw everything it's a fair up, bet. especially with children. It's a fair so we need to bring this back. Uh, just bumbling priests doing dumb things. You know what I really appreciate is that nowadays there would be probably half an hour devoted to the the circumstances of Damien, and it would not have made it any more believable. It would no. have still been would have still been silly. Just I like the route they took. One minute. <laughs> the the plot is set up. Boom, we're rolling. So doing so, it live. So did a jackal just wander? Did a jackal <laughs> just wander into the hospital? <laughs> and they're like, "Oh man, this jackal's about to give birth." Let's so get- this <laughs> this is one of many crazy things in the movie that they don't really go into. Yeah, what like because. <laughs> Why did the priest just be like, wow, that's weird that Jackal had a human kid. We should give it to this ambassador. You'd think that the church would like not be okay with it. It's like, well, this Jackal just birthed a human baby. Well, let's kill this other baby. So like, uh, The same church that has just the, just the Old Testament is just absolutely insane. It's filled with all sorts of messed up stuff. Then there, these earthly priests are just walking around and it's like, all right. Well, Jackal had a kid today, <laughs> a human kid. Should we? What should we do with it? Uh, just give it away. It's. Funny. I mean, it's no wonder that hospital burned down. Like it should have. Quite honestly, you're just letting jackals roam into your hospital, giving birth to human kids. You can't be doing that. I'm sure their well, fire code was terrible. You know, too. well, normally we, the the unwanted kids, because no one can have abortions there, like they just let a jackal in and they just carry the babies away. <laughs> but this time, a jackal had a baby. Can we talk about how the church, um, in reverence to this jackal, got him a grave in a human (laughs) graveyard? (laughs) They got to cover it up. They got a very deep grave with a pretty, I want to say, elaborate, not even a tombstone. It's like a mausoleum for this jackal. And, like, they... (laughs) They're probably like, well, we need to fake this mom's death. She needs a grave. All right, well, we don't have to throw... Some some interns like, well, we don't have to throw the jackal in there. And they're also, like, well, we paid for the grave already. We might as well throw it in there. So I, if you – all right, here's a here's a, a stumper. If you uh, murdered a baby, would you uh, bury it in plain sight? Was, is that just kind of a good ruse? So who buried – who killed the baby? The, okay, so, the Satanists. So to kind of like – if you haven't seen the movie, midway through it, um, they find this graveyard was supposed to be his real son. Uh, Gregory Peck Roberts, real son, and uh, the real mother. <laughs> the mother's a jackal, and the son is like a, 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 I mean, awful. Quite honestly, this is like some prop person had to make a baby skeleton mm, or that find ru- one. That rules, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and then like crushing its little skull, and then he's like, "Oh, they killed my baby." So it was someone, someone the Satanist killed him. Ruth Gordon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the same universe as Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, Rosemary's Baby is, you know, that's part of this era of like terrifying births. This, this was peak uh, devil worship horror. Yes, like, probably up up until Halloween, probably when the slasher viewed, boom took off. This is viewed kind of as uh, on the riding the coattails of the Exorcist. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was it was still well received though. Maybe we'll talk about this later. But uh, it's funny this movie. It was the seventh highest grossing movie of the year. It did better than Carrie. 
Oh, really? Which is kind of fascinating when you think about uh, cultural stamp. And that I think most people are more aware of Carrie, even if they haven't seen it. The Omen's referenced a lot, though. Yeah, I mean, this is still kind of a touchstone movie, but I think it's funny. I looked it up in movies that year that it actually outgrossed were uh, it beat Carrie, Taxi Driver, Marathon Man, and The Outlaw Josie Wales. So this Mm. was a pretty big movie, seventh highest grossing. So let's keep walking through this. So so the jackal (laughs) gets... uh, a special, uh, probably its own room. Like the ambassador's wife didn't get any, even get her own room when she broke half her body, and this jackal got a special room somewhere, and then just laid on his side panting as Ruth Gordon <laughs> stroked its fur, coaxed out a baby. Here's a question: Do you think the jackal died in childbirth, or do you think afterwards they just kept the jackal? Like, well, jackal had a baby. We should probably keep it. Yeah, we don't know if the jackal died. Well. They did they, say... They sent it to the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> we know that five years later, the jackal is buried in a cemetery, but we don't know how long... We don't know if it died in childbirth or if it died fairly recently. Uh, the the jackal actually went to med school and uh, <laughs> became friends with uh, a Mr. Hyde. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so this movie's not very pro-dog. No. We can agree with that. Um it's can not we talk really very pro animal in general? I guess. No, that's true. Can we talk a little bit uh before we go into like the individual things that happened to the people? Uh can we talk about Robert or or Robert and his wife and this sort of like family that Damien is part of? Is this mm-hmm. the is this the richest family we've seen in our line of movies cuz they that house is massive. But that that, that's the ambassador's just home. Oh, I that's think. just their, like, yeah. where they get to stay at. Yeah. Also, so ambassador, like, if you're an ambassador for the United States, you live in some swanky uh, boats. Does it matter which country it is? Or, like, all countries treated the same for the same? Uh, basically, if ambassador is just uh, a noble title you throw to really rich people who gave you money to elect you. Mm. Yeah, like, it's okay. the closest thing you can. If the president is the king, it's like naming them a duke or something okay. like that. Just okay. a bunch of nonsense. They don't do anything. Yeah. Well, I will say. They are, well, okay. There's been exceptions. They have a a uh, a lot of servers and servants. Yeah. They you get you get that. They have. Uh, this is what I counted because I you know we're looking at this for fail son reasons. They have a nanny that killed herself. They have another old lady who answered the door and just became the nanny. They have another young woman who they talked to at one point and sent her home. They have another old lady who answers the door, and they have a driver. It's kind of like being in the White House, I think. Yeah, you get that. So that's not – but they're referenced all the time as being wealthy and powerful. Um Let's. I have some more checklist things here for Damien uh, to to prove that he's a fail son. If um, he never gets sick, I was thinking about this. Um, as far as I know, the only ever health issue fail sons ever have is obesity. <laughs> I can't think of like a sick fail son. I'm sure that there's pr- there's probably going to be some fail sons if there haven't been already in real life who get like polio or something because. A lot of times, anti-vaxxers are really rich. Oh, sure. <laughs> the, the fail son from The Princess Bride kind of looks like he has an iron deficiency. He's pretty oh. fail. <laughs> God, about him. So one, maybe we should cut the penguin some slack, too. He's the only one that... I mean, he had some real issues. One thing that struck me is they talk about how he's never been sick, and he's never had, they say, like, 
measles or mumps or anything. And I'm like, when did the MMR shots start? And so I looked it up and I guess that they didn't really start doing MMR shots until the 70s. Mm. That uh, it used to be there was an individual shot, but the first licensed MMR shot was 1971. So this is still kind of... Kind of new. Yeah, it was not, you know, schools probably didn't require it back then. Wow, interesting. Uh, but, I mean, they also even say he never even had a sniffle or a cold or anything as well. Yeah. He's never been sick of any kind. Uh, One thing I, I want to talk about is how very trusting they are with their, I want to say, no more than two, three years old, where they go on a walk. And they're yes. kind of like, oh, we'll just let him walk behind us. <laughs> behind, where'd he go? By a, by a river, like, by a, <laughs> a stream. I mean, how, how old was Damien there? No more than three, right? I want to say like two. I would say like two or three. He, yeah, probably he is three. a toddler, yeah. and Robert and uh, Carrie is his wife's name's Carrie. I don't know, but they're just walking around, and all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, where's Damien?" I don't know. He was right behind us. Like he's not old enough to just be walking right behind you. Yeah, um, Catherine is his wife's name. Catherine. But yeah, the it's b- bizarre. I actually thought. Since I hadn't seen this movie, I thought maybe that like he dies there and then they replace him at that point. Like I thought the beginning was like a was like a ruse, and then like no, actually that's not like they're just like constantly switching babies things. So they're not really sure whose kid is whose, but uh, ends up being fine. Um, that scene is sort of weird in general, right? Like we talk about how economical that movie is. It's weird they have this scene like oh my god he's missing. Oh no he's fine. Yeah, it's a weird. You are right. It's a weird fake out. In that, and there's really no chance that's gonna like what what's gonna happen because they've already set it up. I guess it could be like you said that maybe he has to be switched again or something, or maybe it's like a pet cemetery situation. Or a dog would have saved him. That cut would have made some sense. Like Catwoman. Like a wild dog saves him, and then that's the dog he has with him all the time. But just shows up at the party and uses his so, dog on influence, or he, or he starts swimming like a dog. Like a- <laughs> so, here's here's a good fail, son commonality is that fail sons are usually raised by servants and that the parents have no clue what they're doing yes yeah like when he's doing fairly normal annoying little kid stuff and playing at the pool table and lee remick is just sitting there like oh i hate this kid yeah it's like the one time she has to deal with them and like there's still servants just one room over probably all that happened is a nanny's like i need to use the bathroom and she's like oh go ahead and she's like oh my god so while we're on the topic <laughs> of that scene did any of you guys notice the painting in their pool rec room? I did notice that painting. It is weird, especially for an ambassador. Like, I stopped it and screen capped this because I do not know what this is. Is that Freddy Krueger? <laughs> if he looks was a like Sims character? Looks like the clown. Yeah. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like clowns from an opera. Yeah. And there's a dog in a cone, I think. That... Yeah. In a mirror, or is that a, I don't know what's happening. It's very weird. It's, it's a ve- servant, I it's, guess. It's very weird considering the rest of the house is very traditional and that they're pretty stiff, late, you know, typical upper crust types. And yeah. then they have this insane painting. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll link to this painting off of uh, a freepodcast.com. We'll put a, a link to it because I think it's worth taking a look at it does and i actually thought i noticed it because i was like oh i wonder if that painting has something to do with this movie later on uh, it does i mean there's um, a there's a dog but beyond that it's yeah the dog in that painting looks like a good dog though not not like those other dogs 
we also have a couple other fail sound qualities. This one's a little more controversial. I'm not a fan of church slash faith, like legitimately. Yeah. You know, because he, he freaks out. We have that moment. He, we'll he can't about. be bothered to do anything for his parents, like attend a wedding. And then yeah, he just, just, throws a, just throws a fit. <laughs> he is five, but yeah, that's true. And then uh, the most obvious fail son quality here is uh, willing to kill siblings so he can inherit wealth. Mm. That's, uh, I, I did take a note on that. That might be the the most prominent fail son trait is just waiting out your parents. Yes, yes. Um, so any other like attributes of uh, Damien we need to talk about before we move on? Joe, I know you're, you're our fail son expert. I mean, so thus far, he, we've talked about him as kind of the fail son to, to adopt Robert. A, adopted father Robert. Yes, is is he a fail son to uh, the Dark Lord? No, I think he is, because he just makes it way too obvious. He got caught when he was like five. I mm. mean, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it works out for him. He accomplishes his goals. I mean, I don't know if. if people are listening to this they don't expect us to not talk about it okay. yeah it's uh, your your statute of limitations for spoilers on the <laughs> omen they have i'm sorry they have passed he's I mean, he, he's the son of the dark lord with assistance from like a very mean dog and, <laughs> and a creepy looking servant and Ms. blaylock terrifying Ms. and blaylock. this feckless useless old man almost defeats him yeah yes and a tabloid true. journalist yeah that's the i forgot to mention already i did not know spicer lovejoy from was from titanic was in here yes this is a prequel before his pinkerton days yes this is young david warner unbelievable great hair it is the most 70s hair duff i feel like i feel this i'm saying this with confidence and love if the air allowed it you would for sure wear a little handkerchief around your neck wouldn't you an ascot yeah 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 I, i i'd try it yeah since he's um, been brought up, can I talk about something that both ruined but also made this movie ten times better for me? What's that? Um, I spent the entire film just imagining uh, that the journalist... What was his character's name again? I don't uh, know. Franklin, <laughs> I think. Cares? Franklin? Something um, Franklin. I just kept imagining that... <laughs> no, Keith Jennings. I'm sorry. I just kept imagining that that was Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> It I've kind of, gotta lost my head, baby. <laughs> it's a jackal, baby. <laughs> and then that the that the uh, that the nanny was the evil nanny was like the Frau from Austin Powers. Oh, nice. So oh. I basically spent the entire film just pretending it was Austin Powers characters. It's a better movie if you do that. Recommended. Yeah, I'm down with that. I was watching um, the uh, the original. Um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express from the seventies, and uh, the guy who plays Basil is in that movie. And when I pointed, oh, out Michael to my, York, I think? yeah. After I pointed out to my wife, she just couldn't get it. Like she, we were just so entertained. Like, oh my god, it's Basil. <laughs> Basil exposition, uh, I believe. Yes, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. So Miss Blaylock, uh, after the nanny offs herself, which I feel like people should <laughs> that scene is unbelievable and i mean like in a good way how much it owns but like all of a sudden she just disappears and just calls for one and that that party has to stop you can't keep going anymore that ruins a birthday party 
So here's my question. If you're a, a servant of Satan, yep. what does this do? It, this doesn't seem like a good plan. So I think a de- I think the devil he so I don't understand how it happened. Somehow did the dog tell Damien it's time or did Damien tell dog it's time and then the dog like who's sending the messages here? I I don't know. I feel like Damien knows who he is but he's not fully aware of how to use his powers or he has to wait well i mean maybe i mean i think maybe we hit it is that damien's job is just you know much like a trump child is just to wait out his parents and make sure they don't have any other kids so that he can grow up and inherit that big money pot and this is a franchise i don't know much about but i know that in the sequels he ends up being connected to politicians and the president. Mm -hmm. So I think that his entire goal is just to be born and kind of be able to get in with powerful people and just take out anyone who's going to stop him. So that that's my uneducated guess about Damien and the Omen. So, so I guess that brings up a good point because, you know, Robert's career is going pretty well. Damien is, you know, is having a party. Everything is good. They could have just waited this out. They didn't need to, like, you're right, kill the nanny to then bring in Miss Blaylock. Like, things didn't need a course correction. Well, at the end of the movie, he doesn't want to be with that family. He needs to be with an even more powerful family. Oh, I saw. So everything so is set in motion to do that. Okay. All right. So then they bring in Miss Blaylock. It, it's like, it's okay. It's like there's a new a new GM comes and works for a team. There's a coach there, <laughs> yeah. and they're fine. But you want to bring in your own your own person. Okay. So this yeah. nanny needs to go so they so Satan can bring in someone someone they know they can trust. Bring in Miss Blaylock. Sue who no one calls her, she just shows up and these two parents are just like, Oh well, okay. <laughs> like, stupid. They're, just, they're so stupid. You know what this reminds me of is uh, when I graduated college, and we graduate, we all graduated in 2005, mm-hmm. uh, my parents bought me that What Color Is Your Parachute book, which what? is what a very... What is that? Uh, Google it. It's it's okay. a very common uh, baby boomer-esque book about how to get a job and get ahead. It's the type of book where it's like, just go inside and ask if they're hiring. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> and, I mean, Miss, Miss Blaylock kind of pulls the ultimate... Uh, like 1960s, you can get a job just by accident move. And just like, just shows up and says, oh, the agency sent me. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't hire an agency, but all right, sounds good to me. I mean, is it any less plausible than Mrs. Doubtfire? Mm. <laughs> they made screening calls for Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> That's true. I guess. True. <laughs> I mean, they're in, oh, a, they're in a foreign country. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. Yes, the exotic here. land of England. Someone could cross-cut Mrs. Doubtfire in The Omen. Just replace Mrs. Playlock with Mrs. Doubtfire. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would call. Um, Mrs. Playlock then brings in a dog. Brings a dog. I mean, that's crazy. And and they're just like, well, you get rid of that dog. I will. And then like they keep falling into the truck. I got rid of it last night. Okay. All right. I do well. like how that is an immediate grounds for dismissal. It's just like, don't you adopt a dog again? Nope. Just and then imagine and having then, a big enough house where you don't notice whether the dog is there or not. <laughs> a giant, like what? What do you think? At least seventy-five pound Rottweiler that's yep. all muscle and has uh, red, red eyes. Yeah, yes, not a good dog. Um, <laughs> and then 
I think almost worst of all is when they're like they're like getting ready to go to that wedding and they're like, all right, bring him down. No, he's not going. Like, who are you? <laughs> she is she is not a good nanny. She is and she is a fail son enabler. Yeah, yeah, she is. Now there is a deleted scene with her. She, she, she does keep him safe. True. She, she, there is a deleted scene with her. I read about uh, towards the end of the movie. Uh, she, she gets into the fight with Robert and gets stabbed, but she. There's a deleted scene where she Oh, yeah, yeah. I read about that. She disguises herself with cake and pretends to be a third new nanny. (laughs) (laughs) Hello! (laughs) She just throws fruit at the car while it's driving away. Her breasts start on fire. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is for real. It's for real. There's a deleted scene where she chases after Robert and gets hit by the car. (laughs) That's like RoboCop. Does she yeah. splatter everywhere? <laughs> Just cake everywhere. One thing I thought about during this movie is it's really funny to imagine uh, Satan as the disgraced, divorced dad trying to convince his son that he should still love him more and trying to compete with rich Gregory Peck and his mansion. <laughs> Meanwhile, Satan is living in some cruddy singles apartment down at the bad side of town. Yeah, it's Mrs. Doubtfire. It's Robin Williams versus Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Man, all comes back. Um, Where it's like Satan picks him up every other weekend. It's like, does your mom talk about me? <laughs> if, if Satan just plays some music, you want to listen to some music I like? Just drives a Camaro. Do you, want, do you want to have ice cream for breakfast? We can do that when yeah, you visit, you know? <laughs> He's the every two weekends dad that just tries to I bet your new cool. I bet your new dad doesn't let you do that. <laughs> I got some tickets to the baseball game. Let's see if we can scalp him for some par money. <laughs> uh, you, you have to sleep in a sleeping bag. I can't afford another bed right now. Have you ever seen two dogs fight before? <laughs> that dog my a dog of yours would be a real good fighter. Um <laughs> So okay, this movie. Here's uh, I have some issues with this movie. They're they're minor, but I will say set piece wise, like big moments. This movie is full of awesome, awesome sequences. We talked about the nanny and the sister Hazel all for you scene. We have the priest impaled. Yeah, that scene which, is great. Which owns? We have he somehow. yells for about ten seconds <laughs> before it actually finally hits him. He once again Austin Powers. It's where the guy sees the the steamroller slowly coming at him. He just yeah. that in this that scene is uh, parodied in uh, uh, not Sean Sean of Dead. What's the other Hot Fuzz? Oh yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize it was referencing the Omen. Um, also, a, a scene that is also owns and I actually forgot about so I was kind of making this list the baboon attack in the zoo guys yeah oh, I man. hope I hope no baboons were harmed in the filming of those that. those monkeys are pissed yeah so they just put it they didn't well Joe they might have been harmed uh, I don't know if this had the PETA thing at the end uh, what they did is they didn't feed the baboons for a couple days oh no and then and then they just put a bununch of food on the car and then Jesus. even crazier even crazier they like in the car with them. They just brought some baby baboons with them. I did read that Lee Remick's uh, expressions yeah. were genuine, and this does explain that. Mm-hmm. It'd be awful. Baboons are terrifying creatures, mostly because those red asses. Ape, ape, <laughs> apes and monkeys are not to be messed with. Yeah, in general. cover your butt. That's what I say to them. Cover it up. Wear some pants. 
Know some shame, monkeys. Yeah, get real. Uh, we also have the mother fall, which is awesome. I don't even know how they shot that, but like when she uh, falls, all of the all of the death scenes in this movie are like some weird Italian horror movie ballet. They're it's- so. I I think they're awesome, but they're so they're very I want to say not of that time in horror. Like they're or maybe it's just I'm thinking of what comes after, which is just Halloween Friday the Thirteenth knockoffs, and it's just kind of Tom Savini splatter stuff. Mm-hmm. These are like <laughs> uh, I'll say they're classy kills. Uh, I even mean, the, <laughs> even the window one you'd call classy. <laughs> I mean, it's still, again, it has a very ethereal, like, otherness, otherworldliness to it. It's it's it, like a Looney Tunes gag where somebody turns off the emergency brake. I know. I say it's the, so great. So, the okay, that's the next one, the Jennings beheading. Uh, I will say I that scene, I agree, Joe. It was, like, setting up, and I was like, come on. There's, like, you kind of have, like, the whole set of the Looney Tunes gag, everything. But once the glass comes out, it's like i laughed so hard i lost it there is quite a bit of time between the parking brake being dislodged (laughs) the truck rolling back and him Mm -hmm. noticing anything as a foot uh i'm i'm also gonna count the jackal dead baby revelation yes i think that i think that honestly the first i feel like i saw this movie on tv when i was young and i didn't really know what the hell was going on and then I remember the first time I watched it all the way through when I was an adult. Like, the scene that really sticks with me is that friggin' jackal in the grave. That, that terrifying. I mean, and then the dead baby skeleton. Like, oh, God. And then, like, there's just a pack of roaming dogs. Well, you, yeah, and you, earlier you mentioned that they say the baby was stillborn. But once we see its grave, it's clear that it, it wasn't. They it was murdered, murdered it. Yeah. So, yeah, how'd that happen? Well, this is the the... Well, the Satanists infiltrated the Catholic Church and played the long game, okay. and they just they just took a good bet that this ambassador, or soon-to-be ambassador, was going to have a baby and it was going to be dead. And they're like, he's gonna he's gonna for sure take us up on this deal. He'll take. So would it. they? So that priest was part of it then that gave the baby away. The priest was a Satanist? see. That's one thing I'm not entirely sure on. I get the vibe that he was in on it, but then kind of realized like, oh, maybe I should not have helped this jackal baby spawn of satan did anyone have sex with the jackal alice cooper did (laughs) Alice Cooper. i very i seriously i want to know the answer to this was was this jackal just immaculately conceived i would assume it's an immaculate conception did so satan i mean well it's satan so satan uh had sex with a jackal either Mm -hmm. literally or Immaculately, so Satan I'm, played by Jack Black. I'm, I'm now imagining Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire just going down to the zoo. Uh, <laughs> now that we have that, Satan's just like the bad dad. Um, okay, and then we have—I I will honestly say this, this moment. I don't know why. Maybe this is like the parent in me, but the hair slash six 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 moment I thought was so tense. That I like, I I couldn't even deal with how tense I was when he was like searching Damien's uh, hair for the six 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 birthday. Did you search your son's hair just to be no, sure? I'm not checking. It's better and, not knowing that. And leading up to that, when he tricks the dog, and there's that like whispered chanting mm-hmm. as yeah. he moves through the hallway, that that was a pretty scary part too. 
Yeah, everything about that is really scary because you know Miss Blaylock is just in the room next door, so you're just waiting for her to pop up. You, there's dog is making doing this a noise. puppet show or something in her room. <laughs> she's doing some voices for an animated yeah, show. She's writing the script for her public access children's show. <laughs> so we, one thing to note, we've also talked about how they have a good amount of servants at this house. Do you yeah. think the other servants are just in their room like, no, I am not getting up for this nonsense. No, they're gone, right? I don't, they all left. They all left. They all left like, what happened? Did, Did you watch this left? movie, Duff? Come on. <laughs> well, I guess the parking guy is still there, the cop who's like, hey, you can't leave. Yeah, that's true. They kept him. <laughs> what was with it? Was I mean, did she... Did, did they kill those servants, or did she just, like, give them some money to leave? It's not explained. She just says they all... they all, Oh, they all quit. They all Sorry. quit. <laughs> I've got it, though. It's fine. Yeah, yeah don't... I'll do everything. So, Damien is uh, kind of a sound sleeper, which <laughs> well, I guess... Which I, I guess that's kind of a fail sun quality, is just to be <laughs> sleeping it off. <laughs> well, he has no worries, no concerns. Yeah. yeah. He... He did too many lines of blow at Mar-a-Lago or something. <laughs> so, yeah, he, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I could probably sleep through someone going through he my got some quaaludes from You Robert could? Evan. He got some quaaludes <laughs> so. from Robert Evans, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that whole moment is terrifying. Uh, and then I want to, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to get, this is going to get sad for a moment, but this is like a sincere question. So I know, Duff, you are a big fan of Gregory Peck. Yeah. So I found this interesting. So Gregory Peck's son in real life, Jonathan, had died in apparent suicide in 1975. I don't That's think I knew that. Yeah. This is like a, so then, like, isn't, considering that, isn't this a real bizarre role to take on after that? Well, did he did I mean, they, this before that happened? Yeah. No, this is after. So are this. Are you sure it was filmed? So his son, his son committed suicide in '75. Wouldn't this yep. have been filming in '75? The, the 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 thing I had read was that um, they had uh, his. Obviously, he was pretty, you know, shook up about that and sad, and like his agent was like, try to get him a good role because also, like, to be fair, Gregory Peck's career at this point, like, you know, wasn't doing great. He just, you know, he's like sixty or whatever he is at this age. Um, so like his. Asian River had like urged him to take on this role. I just think like, like the end of this movie, like when he brings Damien into the church and he's like, "All right, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing." Like I'm just like, God, how awful, how terrible, just a bizarre movie to do after this. Yeah, that, it was probably yeah. a, a bummer to film that scene. <laughs> right. I mean, like maybe that's why that scene to me like worked so well because like you could just see like. Like, like the Robert Thorne character is just like, I can't do this. You know, like, how could you? No matter what happened. You didn't actually. The you know, weird thing about about all the stuff that Damien did is he saw none of it. Well, I guess he saw the glass cut that guy's head off. But his son wasn't nearby for that. Did he see the the his nanny kill herself? I think He did he, see his nanny kill herself, yeah. Well, I mean, the only thing that Damien does does is runs into his mom with his tricycle yeah that's all he really like so like i'm just saying that like you know early on we see uh uh the uh, mom Catherine, sort of defend him at the beginning when you know they first start like having suspicions right you know raised when she's like oh he's five years old he just had a little fit you know that's all which is like well that's more than a fit but like okay i get that like I could see this is me be like, well, you know, all we really know that he was part of is he rode his bike and he hit his mom while she was on a chair. Like, 
<laughs> just like nothing where like Damien himself seems like the devil. So like maybe 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 is there any like way to look at this movie that this isn't about the devil's son that this is just like uh gregory peck losing his mind or the the robert thornton character losing his mind Uh, i mean you'd have to explain why everyone involved in trying to stop damien mysteriously dies 70s man people died all the time in the 70s there's all that lead in the fuel (laughs) jeez i mean the birthmark is pretty disturbing yeah, if you look for a six 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 birthmark on you know your fiance, you'll probably find one. Uh, I have some, I have some freckles. <laughs> if you squint, yeah. <laughs> and the visiting the grave is also pretty messed up. That there's yeah, a they they did find it. a jackal corpse in a cemetery for people, and then a child's skeleton with a big hole in its skull. I could bury a jackal if you want me to. I can get a jackal. I, I can get grave. your toe, dude. <laughs> Um, my other question with a C-section scar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you think it was natural or a C-section for that jackal? I, we don't know. Again, we don't know if that jackal just kind of became a mascot for the church afterwards or. Yeah, that's right. Um, will selfies keep us from the devil was a question I had. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. Just take, take a, it's, it's so women should be, um, checking their breasts for lumps monthly. Mm-hmm. Everyone, six, six, though, six. should take a selfie once a month and see if there's a weird black slash through an important part of your body. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why I think we've had so much less devil influence uh, in the last 10 years is because of the rise of selfies. So here's a question. It doesn't seem to really help them that they're even able, like, wh- what good is there to check the selfie? You can't seem to do anything. Because because what's his face i'm just gonna call him lovejoy saw in the photo <laughs> that he had a, a mark next uh in his didn't seem to make him any more cautious he just kind of is bro- will, rooting through those knives if, while if, a, a he, truck slowly backs up that's on that's on gregory peck if he would have held his resolve and just been like all right i'm gonna go stab my kid eight <laughs> times to form a crucifix on his chest Instead of throwing a fit and throwing the knives into a construction site, everything would have been fine. This is even after he says, like, I want Damien to die. It's like, well, how do you think that was going to happen, bro? Well, I mean, listen. He's used to other people doing the work for him. That's true. He's an ambassador. He has servants that do all that. that, That's a classic fail fail son-dad move. Yeah. Get others to do your dirty work. You guys ready for my next theory? Uh Okay, let's hear it. This is what really happened at Benghazi. (laughs) (laughs) This is it? Yep, the ambassador had had Satan's son, and uh, the son kind of caused some havoc at the uh, ambassador's re- uh, residence. And now he is currently, uh, which which uh, powerful politician has a? Let's see, how long ago was that? Like four years ago. Benghazi. Um, yeah, that was twenty twelve. So six. Okay, six years. Does anyone yeah, have like an eleven year old kid? How old is Baron? Oh, he's pretty close. <laughs> All right, let me look. Let me look. Baron Trump is was born in 2006, so he's 12 years old. Oh, my mm. God. <gasps> pretty close. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe, oh, man. Songies. <laughs> Zombie aliens. <laughs> um, the ghost of Jerry Goldsmith is just going to hit you tonight in your sleep. <laughs> So uh, I know Joe hinted at this, but uh, I, I have an exhaustive list here, guys. Joe, you asked earlier, 
you know, why don't people make more movies attacking the Catholic Church? Well, I think I have your answer for you here. They used to do boycotts all the time. Did they boycott this one? No, more importantly, do you guys know about how cursed the making of this movie was? Oh, yeah. I, there was a special feature on the DVD, and a lot of bad things happened. I, ac- bad things. I actually do not. I, okay. I know there's a poltergeist cursed and an exorcist movie curse. All right. Well, here's, here's what I have. Here's the list I found on the internet. Uh, all right. Gregory Peck's plane was struck by lightning during the filming. There's lightning as a part of this movie. Mm. An executive producer's plane was struck by lightning. Another producer was in Rome, and lightning just missed him. Richard Donner's hotel was bombed by the IRA. The crew was going to do a, uh, a flight to uh, do some like uh, some B-roll. They canceled the charter flight. That plane was used by someone else. That plane crashed, killed everyone on board. Whoa. So there, there are fatalities for this movie? Uh, well, not no. The, the crew did not go on that flight. Mm. Day after the zoo shot, a zookeeper was killed by a lion. What? And, yes, it gets weirder. You ready for this one? Oh, man, stuff. I'm so excited for you to hear about this one. <laughs> All right. In Holland, the designer for the film was traveling with a female companion. The car crashed, and the companion died the same way that David Warner died. She what? Was then the designer, he was in Holland, he looked out the window and it said Omen, O-M-M-E-N, which is apparently a town in Holland, 66.6 kilometers. Oh, this is freaking me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, they, so naturally after all this happened, they're like, let's make another one. <laughs> let's make... What are were three sequels and a remake? <laughs> I mean, once you make as much movie as this, mon- this movie did, as money as this movie made, you you know whatever. You yeah. Know. yeah, curses yeah. be damned. There is also a story that the this movie's success helped Fox so much that it is what enabled them to give George Lucas some money he needed to make Star Wars. Oh, so well, that's good. Without the Omen, there's no Star Wars, and without Star Wars, what would the nerds do right now? Mm. Lord of the Rings. Lord yeah. Okay. Really any any movie. other of a hundred nerd properties. <laughs> um, Stick to Star Trek. My other question I have. Uh, this one's mostly for you, Duff. This movie's a Richard Donner film. Yeah. I I as as a friend of yours, I know you have strong feelings about Richard Donner. Uh, Richard Donner kind of falls into the category of. I don't know if he's one of the greats, but I think he's underappreciated. And I think the reason for that is that he genre hops and he's done, he did obviously the Omen. He did uh, Superman and Superman two, which were Mm -hmm. huge. He did uh, Goonies lethal weapon. Uh, He's, you know, had a lot of influence in a lot of different genres kind of birthed the modern superhero movie. Uh, the Omen was a big deal. Goonies is obviously a big deal. Lethal Weapon is one of the ultimate buddy cop movies. Yep. I noticed you didn't mention Maverick. Ah, uh, I, I forgot about Maverick. <laughs> Maverick is a good movie. Uh, I liked. I saw it in the theater and I liked it, but I don't know how well it holds oh. up. Yeah, it, it's been a while, but uh, it. I remember it being a really funny movie. I'm. I'm sure it's maybe ruined a little by Mel Gibson's hijinks since then. But. <laughs> sure, sure. Hijinks I, is, now, one, is now, one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. 
now I feel like I need to rewatch the Maverick. Um, yeah, so Richard Donner, like underrated, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't get the, you know, again, like I don't know if he's, you know, like an all time great, but he's a pretty solid, uh, crowd pleasing, uh, filmography. You should invite a bunch of people over and you could watch The Omen. Uh, I heard, no, Superman, don't even finish this bad joke. Superman two. In Lethal Weapon. What, oh, what would you fun. call it, Rob? <laughs> call it a Donner Party. <laughs> I like how that joke was obvious from a mile away. It's still worth it, guys. All right. Listen, I'd say the uh, the analog or the, the analogy for Richard Donner would be like a one of those guys in baseball you call a professional hitter. That he's mm-hmm. a guy that comes off the bench and a gives John Olerud. He, yeah, he's a he's Mark Loretta. Just gives you a good professional <laughs> at bat. He's gonna go the. He's gonna go with the pitch. Yep. And uh, he's not gonna take more than what the pitcher gives him. He rises to the level of the material, or he he improves the quality of the material, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. That any one of these, you know, any one of the you know Superman, Lethal Weapon, whatever, they could have easily gone to another person, and they would have just been if not terrible, unremarkable. You know, this this era uh, has a lot of directors like this, I think, that kind of fit that bill of, like, maybe not auteur, as we would like to say, but still, like, created fantastic movies. Uh, like Robert Zemeckis, I would also say, would, you know, be similar to that. In yeah, this, like, he's a lot era. better than Richard um, Donner, though. But, yeah. I, I, guess I think you, he has I, a I little... A, yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair analog. I, my... The person I always think of who's kind of kind of just, you know, kind of a not necessarily like an artiste, but just kind of like a go to work and get it done and do it well type is uh, Robert Wise, who directed some of the biggest movies ever. I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, Star Trek, Sound of Music, uh, Day the Earth Stood Still and a bunch of others. And he's, you know, he's not like a household name he's never really brought up on like a sound and sight list or anything like that Mm -hmm. but he's i mean done a lot of movies that people love um i'm just going through the filmography uh day the earth stood still uh oh west side story the haunting sound of music uh star trek um yeah so that that's kind of the person i think of where doesn't really get the their due respect just because they kind of they don't make a big show of themselves like someone like a quentin tarantino or someone like that sure they just they're kind of just unassuming like i'm just gonna make continually crowd-pleasing movies do the work yeah you know another guy i think of that i know joe uh you've mentioned this before is ang lee it's a bit like that yeah i'd say he's in that category yeah um cindy lamette Guys, uh, I don't have a whole lot more in this movie. I do I just have two questions. One, what do you think this movie is pro or anti-adoption? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say abortion. <laughs> well, that's my next question. Uh, There's a weirdly frank conversation about abortion. Like, this, yes. uh, How messed up is it that the psychiatrist, uh, first of all, has an appointment with his wife and then talks to the husband about what she said? Uh, yeah, shouldn't do and that. And then was like, yeah, you that. should get an abortion. 
that's weird. It was different time. Different Do you time. think that that guy was possessed by Satan? That, is, that was the only explanation Ooh. I could think of for it, that it was another one of Satan's minions. Hmm. But it also Maybe. could Never just know. be explained by just 1970s, 1970s. sexism. That yeah. there should be a game of uh, satanic convert or patriarchy, <laughs> and that's the guessing game. Satanism or sexism? Make your Ooh, guess. Ooh, there you go. Patent that um, patent that board game name. And then... yes. It's the new party game from the mind of the Midnight Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Satanism or sexism? By the makers of Send Them Back Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Only available in Nebraska. <laughs> Um, do you guys have anything else on this movie before we, we jump into our weekly features for our fail son, uh, our episodes? I, I, I did just, we already kind of talked about how, how awesome Gregory Peck is, uh, mm-hmm. for professional and personal reasons. But one thing I, I really respect when actors reach a certain age and it's like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. And I feel like the seventies was Gregory Peck reaching that point because he did this movie and then not a too long later he did the boys from brazil where he played dr mengala <laughs> and that is a wild career swing for someone who was who started off kind of as like a heartthrob and then obviously was atticus finch and was kind of, it's kind of analogous to henry fonda being the bad guy in once upon a time in the west hmm. just all of a sudden like yeah whatever i I've made my mark, got my Oscar, I can do whatever. So I'm just going to do some bonkers movies, like The Om- the Omen and Boys from Brazil. Does that respect uh, go to uh, the current work of Robert De Niro? Uh, no, because those are cash grabs. <laughs> okay. What about, right, so I think okay. Al Pacino is a closer analogy because Robert De Niro is never really in anything weird. He's just in very broad, lazy comedies. Or Al Pacino will kind of once in a while just pop up in some crazy stuff. Like I think Al like Pac- the, the bad, Al Pacino. Good, w- a great analogy is Al- the Devil's Advocate. Mm-hmm. Or or that Al Pacino will replace Phil Spector. <laughs> oh yeah, because they're I don't you really know think that's, that's a crazy role though. I mean, it's just that, that was a pretty standard biopic. I mean, it's it's but it's something kind of wild and out there that you would not think of that, and probably isn't a lot of. I mean, how many people... I haven't actually seen that movie, and I don't think that many people have. I, well, it's, I mean, that was an HBO movie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And he also played Dr. Kevorkian. And Joe Paterno. And... <laughs> What's the so difference? Just, one I actually... One I agree with, weirdly yeah, enough. Well, <laughs> one, of, one of those guys is actually an unsung hero, and one, yeah. is, one is Joe Paterno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Dr. Kevorkian would have had some interesting advice. For the parents of this movie, yeah, that's, that's a real true. doctor they should have seen. Do you guys have anything else? I, no, I mean just to like kind of sum up like the fail son thing. I I think we should just rule definitively here. It, is yeah. it, he's an? I think he's clearly a fail son to his adopted parents, but I don't. Yes. Yeah, but by, to his biological father, I think that's uh, at least at this point in the film, undeniable success. Yeah. 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 Although I will say he has to do the bare minimum to succeed. <laughs> he literally just has to stay alive. And he almost doesn't do that. Well, he puts so. in he puts in motion a, a chain of events that gets him adopted by the president of the United States. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Uh, I, I, 
I think overall I agree with you to play a, a pun pun not intended devil's advocate. Huh? huh? Nice. Mm. Um, in true fail son style, he lets everyone else do the work for yeah. him. That's true. <laughs> it's literally the servants do all the work for him. Uh, the servants. Yeah. In the end, even the police save him. <laughs> he- That's true. Joe Duff. I think we need to talk about a couple more things. Let's start with you, Duff. Did you do any? Uh, do you need deep dive into? Do, any do we have any erotic uh, fanfic from the album? We don't. We don't have. We don't have any erotic fanfic. Any, but I, I did about jackling off. <laughs> did you didn't get your Gregory Pecker out for this one? <laughs> <laughs> I did a deep dive into uh, Satanism. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, oh, oh sorry. I was hoping you. Sorry. Did some... One 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 thing I wanted to say about the actual movie before we move on. Uh, the music in this movie is fantastic. Oh, it's great. Zombies. This was, uh, and this was, uh, Jerry Goldsmith's, uh, only Oscar. Uh, uh Jerry Gold, Jerry Goldsmith has done lot, everything. Tons of I, movies. I just kind of picked four of the biggest ones he did. Uh, he did Star Trek and it, the Star Trek, the next generation. That's the theme that was taken from the first Star Trek movie. Uh, Chinatown, LA confidential alien, it just dozens, maybe hundreds of movies. So Gremlins, Gremlins, right? Did you mention Gremlins? Uh, yeah, Gremlins. I, I mean, yeah, he's done probably. Tw- I guarantee everyone has seen at least twenty movies that Jerry yeah. Goldsmith has done the music for. Shout out to Mogwai Minute. Yes. Um, but I did look it up, and uh, the sorry, Rob, it is not zombies or whatever you thought it was <laughs> zombies, uh, the the refrain to the the chanting in this is sanguis bibimus corpus idimus tole corpus santini which is latin for we drink the blood we eat the flesh raise the body of satan yeah and it's it's interspersed with cries of ave santini and Alien. ave versus christus which means hail satan and hail antichrist wow that was actually gonna. That was a. That was going to be the title of this movie. Was Antichrist at one point, wow. for real. But then Lars von Trier wouldn't have been able to name his great, amazing film Antichrist. Yep. Yeah, uh, with the fox. One of our he most wonderful film watching bonding moments of our lives. He he would yep. have had to have named it uh, penis chopping movie, <laughs> <laughs> or hate circumcision, the, or hate the woman part eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Women Be Bitches, an ongoing series. <laughs> Duff. Deep dive. What else did you learn? So this just kind of got me going on the the topic of Satanism. And one of my, uh, I guess, bugaboos, you'd say, is kind of like occultism, weird, weird stuff like that. Uh, cults, occultism. So I kind of, one thing that's interesting is how Satanism, as people think of it, doesn't really exist anymore or if it does it's really fragmented and uh rob one of your favorite podcasts the last podcast on the left did yeah. an episode on uh satanism which is uh one i listened to which is very good and kind of the modern uh notion of satanism comes from uh, an american occultist uh anton Xander levey and it's funny because most times people who are Satanists don't actually believe in Satan uh, for real. So modern kind of when we talk about modern Satanists or the church of Satan uh, that was founded in 1966 from the satanic Bible. 
and that is a religion that rejects the existence of supernatural beings or body soul dualism life after death etc uh they don't literally they don't think that satan exists but they think that he is an admirable character uh he's viewed as a positive archetype representing pride carnality and enlightenment he's also viewed as a symbol against the abrahamic abrahamic religions uh, and that those religions suppress humanity's natural instincts and encouraging irrationality. And th- the the Church of Satan is basically, it's, it's kind of like a melding of uh, Nietzsche and Ayn Rand <laughs> and a little bit of social Darwinism. Oh. Okay. And then there are, there are 11... They sounded cool there for a while. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's... I mean, I, I will say there's, compared to the other religions, there's more that I like than don't like. Um, they they seem they, like the sort of pedantic, like, libertarian thing where they argue against, spend most of their energy arguing against age of consent laws. <laughs> yeah, I get that sense as well. Um, but it's very much about giving power to the individual and rising up against norms. But they have, there are the 11 satanic rules of the earth. And they're, they're all pretty short, but I want to go through them. Uh, do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. I'm not a big fan of that one. Uh, no, not as podcasters. <laughs> no, not, not as a white man I, in America. I, think all of, I, I just think it's a blanket permission that people want to hear my opinions about anything. Uh, two, do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. Uh, it rules me out. <laughs> um, I, I do wish everyone would follow this, so I'm pro- <laughs> pro this rule okay when three is when in another's lair show him respect or else layer layer hmm. uh show him respect or else do not go there so if you're gonna come to my house you better goddamn respect me take your shoes off i'm down with that <laughs> don't take the last pizza no but well, rob can't come over <laughs> if if a guest it's is spilling ninety percent of the pizza toppings of a pizza onto a couch a sign of disrespect duff? Uh I hmm. probably would fail this church of Satan yes. there. Uh number four is again layer related. Uh if a guest in your layer annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy. Wow, that doesn't seem very nice. <laughs> that seems no, like but a bridge I'm... too far. Cruelly. Yeah. Just stop, ask them to leave. Mm. Uh, no mercy. So here, here's here's a good one. I think we can all get on board with. Do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal. Well, that's that's too vague. What's that? that that's still, actually just. Still though, I, I don't like that at all because that can be abused. Like, oh, she's giving me all the signals. Okay, but let's mm. compare that to the Abrahamic religion. Way more uh, closer to being uh, woman friendly. Right, we're on the way, I guess. Um, six, do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person and he cries out to be relieved. What? Mm. Again, that one's ripe for abuse. <laughs> Relieve me. Uh, seven, seven is acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. <laughs> if you, okay. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you have obtained. So... If if you use magic, don't don't deny it. You gotta own that magic. Don't pretend it was just you. Uh, do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. Uh, do not harm little children. 
Do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. Ugh. I'm I'm kind of down with that. Well, um, I can't like have a burger now. No, it's for your food. Oh, okay. Yeah, it I says I had to like. Okay, I so, you, so you can't kill it. for sport. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the last one, when walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. That's what I do in Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> I click defuse, and if they keep talking stuff, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to destroy you without mercy. So that's the that's kind of known as Levi and Satanism uh, in the Church of Satan, and that was formed in 1966. Very and old. And then another example uh, that's actually been in the news recently is the Satanic Temple. And the Satanic Temple are basically a political group that are giant trolls. I, actually, I won't say that. They actually do some stuff that I think is necessary, but they don't believe... They, they, don't they believe, spend a lot of time in their lairs. <laughs> they don't believe in a supernatural Satan. They use Satan as a metaphor to promote pragmatic skepticism, rational reciprocity, autonomy, and curiosity. So these are the guys where if someone wants to put a Ten Commandments monument on public property, they'll insist that a satanic one should be there as well, which I am pro. And a lot of times they actually like this actually happened in a town in Minnesota. Like there's some <laughs> there's some town in, that wanted to put up. It was like a religious veterans memorial. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to put up our satanic memorial and then the city, like, it was a big to-do, and the city finally said, all right, no one gets to have any memorial, which is, or any religious memorial, which is how it should be in the first place, mm -hmm. so. So, Duff, would you think you would be more of a cult leader or a follower? Uh, well, it depends which sect. I think in the Satanic Temple, which is kind of the, just using Satan as a political means to an end, I would be a leader, in, a lot of Twitter use on that one, it in, sounds like. Oh, yes. they. In fact, there was an article I found about that said how the Satanic Temple mastered Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I don't know. The Church of Satan is, as Joe mentioned, very libertarian, and I don't know if I'd be down with that. So as I went through these, I'm like, man, pretty much whenever one, you know, mentions Satanism, it's not actually worshiping satan so then i got into uh, theistic satanism and uh this is where my google history just goes nuts okay. and what i found out is that uh contrary to what uh people say about heavy metal music and whatnot and how satanism is ever present it's kind of a scattered not very prominent network all the websites i found were from like 2002 and I was actually disappointed. I was hoping that there was some organization that was, you know, it's like, here's here's instructions on how to slaughter a goat and harness the Dark Lord. But most of these people just kind of got tired Qu of it. Question. <laughs> yes. As rock music and specifically hard rock music has gotten less popular over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, do you think that explains sort of the lack of sort of popular interest in the devil? Because it peaked uh, in the late that, '80s, or or is it because they they accused three people who liked metal of murdering a kid, and yeah, and get put them on death row? Like now, people are just like, oh, I don't want to joke around about that anymore. Or I shouldn't say joke around, yeah. but like dabble in it anymore. I'm yeah, re I'm referencing the West Memphis Three in case anyone yeah. else doesn't know what I'm talking. About. Great band. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I do think that the decline of heavy metal music, because, I mean, Rob, you kind of know a little more from your last podcast and a left experience, like kind of the peak of satanic madness hysteria was like the early 80s, late 70s, right? Yeah, definitely the like 70s. Well, and like essentially from like the from like the uh, uh, Manson uh, Summer of Love killing hippies, like killing the hippie movement. Yeah, it was it was the whole kind of came back with Reagan, though, which. Yeah, that went right right when the West Memphis three stuff happened like that kind of is. uh, Yeah, I want to say like probably 1975, 1985, roughly was kind of peak like satanic scare in America. Even in the early 90s, it was still a thing. Like when did that when did that. 2020 or whatever whichever show it was special where they did the the satanic possession where my name is minga <laughs> when marilyn manson got big oh. in the mid 90s i oh, feel like yeah. that was yeah. a little comeback yeah 2020 aired an exorcism in 91 yeah and the west memphis <laughs> three the, those uh murders happened in 1993 okay yeah but you don't have that kind of the same thing of oh if you play black sabbath backwards it puts you into a trance and then you go murder people well we should bring it back because it's cool please please (laughs) bring back satanic scares rockers yeah why not speaking of satanic scares yeah baby give it to me uh i i'm out of fail sun stories i i've told quite a few i'm confident joe i was re-listening to our first episode and you said you'll have many to come so I'm curious uh, if you could share a tale from your childhood, maybe, of a time where you, believe it or not, failed your father. I think that part of growing up is I, I think every son has th- like their father at various points put them through trials of courage where mm. they try to get them to do something that's scary because in their dad brain, like it's good for the young child to be scared and overcome it and develop courage as a result mm-hmm. of it a rite of passage yeah, yeah uh-huh. a bit of a rite of passage so when i touchstones i was uh probably gonna guess that i was seven um i there is a park uh near where i lived at the time and it had a really old bridge uh that was for that had railroad tracks on it and i know for sure now it's not i think even at that point trains didn't use it anymore is this a stand by me story? <laughs> no, it's not that long of a bridge. It it, it would okay. have been. It went over a two uh, two lane road, so it was okay. just a normal road up that uh, that travels up a hill in the town I I grew up in, and there was no railings on either side of it. So it was kind of a, a wooden bridge that had ex- there's exposed spaces between the pieces of wood that the track was laid on. So you could see through it down to the road below. And I would guess it was probably had about, I'd guess, a 15-foot clearance down to the road. And my uh, dad decided, like, we're going to walk across that bridge. And I was, I, I couldn't do it. I was just crippled. I'm, I'm, this is, I don't know if I was already afraid of heights or this is what broke my brain to make, because I'm, I'm really <laughs> afraid of heights. Yeah. So I, in my brain, A, we're not allowed up there, so I shouldn't walk across this bridge, which is stupid, but that was seven. And B, this is really high up, and I'm definitely going to fall off of this bridge if I walk across it. 
Both these feel like fair thoughts for a seven-year-old. Yeah, but uh, they seem fair as an adult too. They, they but you, <laughs> but when you're seven, you don't you feel like you failed. Yeah, sure. Because because my dad walked across it no problem, and mentioned that him and his brothers used to walk across it all the time when they were oh, kids. Oh, that one, yeah, legacy. And, and so I was thinking about how that's probably a fairly universal experience as a little kid is to have your father put you in a position where you're supposed to do something scary and you either you either do it or you don't and mm-hmm. and I, I i still remember that very vividly as a moment where i just couldn't do it just paralyzed by fear and i felt like a failure so i think what we learned is uh Sometime we should all go out. I'm guessing that was in California, Joe. No, it was before we moved there. So that was probably like that was like 1988 or 1989. Uh, we moved there in 1990. So you're so I was like, so you're in Wisconsin. Yeah, the bridge is still there. No, there is now a gate. Is, there's now like fencing that they put up on either end of it as it goes over the street, so that you can't walk across it. I think we all three of us should get together. We should face <laughs> hop live. that fence. Facebook Live, Joe. You walking across? That I don't. Bridge. I don't. I really don't think I could do it. Still, uh, I. I'm so afraid of like. I I've been at much greater heights than that with like railings on the other side, and I'm scared. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't know if I could do it. I I. I probably could do it if someone was filming me, because the mm-hmm. shame would over mm-hmm. slightly overcome my terror. <laughs> what if What if we got your moment. dad to come along? And he was just like stone faced looking at you, and you knew he'd be disappointed. He's just holding the will on the other side, ready to rip it in half. <laughs> yep. And then we'll tell him this is we're we're, we're going to put this on Facebook for all our for all our podcast followers. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, I'll. All right, I'll do it. I think we found. Fa- right. I think we found our bachelor party activity. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Just Joe's gonna have eight beers and then walk across this rail. This rail <laughs> I'm gonna end up at the bottom of a gorge. <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Do um, you guys have? Uh, did you? Is this, Am I just? Do I just have a bad dad, or uh, do you guys? Do you remember? It? You don't have to go into it, but do you remember situations like that where? I don't have one that jumps out in my head on that. It doesn't mean there isn't one. So the I thought of a good if not fail son father disappointment story uh it's more of an emasculating story good in that when i was maybe i want to say six or seven it must have been near halloween time because my dad just he uh, he was at target or something and he bought uh a halloween mask and i remember it was just kind of like a it wasn't anything like too descriptive it was just kind of like an orange goblin mask with green hair okay and so he's like, so oh, like, I'm going to come uh, home. Like the character from Street Fighter? What was that one called? Uh, Blanca? Yeah, it kind of like that. So he he's like, oh, it's going to be fun and goofy. I'm going to wear this out, this mask into the house when I come home. <laughs> and so he comes in the door, and I immediately just scream, run away, and start crying. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like, like a mama's boy, just run to my mom. And then... <laughs> And like I think it was one of those things where my mom was like, "What? What are you doing? He's sensitive. Why are you doing that?" <laughs> oh, the old "he's sensitive" line. Yeah. So it was just a prime example of my dad's being like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it's Halloween. I'm gonna do something fun, something goofy," and just oh, my pansy ass son 
just r- <laughs> runs underneath his mama's apron. Man, the best I could think of on this, I've told you guys this before, was the time I went on that. Uh, I went to my first concert overnight at the Warp Tour when I was in like high school, and I came back and my dad asked me if I got any poontang, <laughs> and the answer was no. The answer dad. is always no. <laughs> Wasn't this um, when someone yeah. busted on you in the porta potty? No, I busted into someone. I opened the door on oh, someone that's, else. That's in the right. <laughs> some some drunk girl, right? I pulled the door open and she fell out, and I screamed because I thought it was a bat. <laughs> a bat. It's weird that I didn't have success with the ladies, and when I was sixteen. Yeah. All right, guys. Next week we're having our last episode of this season. We are doing the graduate. Yeah, which uh, which as the time of this recording, someone in our uh, Facebook group had just posted that they watched The Graduate and thought that'd be a great Filson movie. So you are right, correct? It is. We are talking. I think about it's one it. of the first ones already... that we, the three of us, all agreed on. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, listeners, things you can do is you can go to afreepodcast.com. dot com. We now have uh, articles are like an. Uh, page about each of our episodes with links to like anything we mentioned so we'll post the uh, picture that uh, duff talked about that weird painting along with anything else we mentioned um we also have a uh facebook group you can join called freeloaders and you can join that by just going to uh afreepodcast.com slash freeloaders or just searching for freeloaders um on Facebook and join that. We'll talk about it. The other thing you could do is I could talk about rating and reviewing on iTunes and that matters, but like this sounds weird, but the best thing you could do is if you enjoy our show or you enjoyed us on Titanic minute or tombstone minute or whatever we did, like just tell someone about the show. That's the best way we find that we get listeners. People uh, hear it from a friend and then they start listening. And I mean, God, they find out it's great. Right guys. Hmm? Sometimes. Yeah. That is a thing that has <laughs> occurred from time to time. Has occurred. So, uh, word of mouth, they call that in the marketing biz. Be an influencer. This is a yeah, grassroots be- <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, The Graduate. <laughs>